For those of you who follow us, you know that Jack and I are huge advocates of using cannabis therapeutically, which is why we've invited one of our favorite people today, Kim Lamb. Some of you may have met Kim at our North of 40 live event before all this COVID business happened. Kim joins us from Apollo Cannabis Clinics in Toronto. She's a physician's assistant and a patient educator and works to support patients who are looking to improve their quality of life with medical cannabis. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're putting in some super long days these days, but <laughs> no, that just to goes to show how many people are learning about the incredible benefits of cannabis when it comes to their health and wellness, especially during this crazy COVID period, right? Exactly. So um, so just a little background. Um, Kim, I, I met... Um, I met the fine folks at the Apollo Cannabis Clinic a few months ago because I was really struggling with um, like sleep especially and some other issues around um, some menopause and hormone imbalance. And it had been suggested um, that CBD was a really huge benefit to helping curb some of those symptoms. And then when Ramona and I connected, it turns out we're both using CBD. Uh, to help us through this particular phase. And it's been really like, I don't know, Ramona, I don't know what you would say, but I would say it's been, it's been really effective, especially on the sleep front. Ramona, are you finding the same thing or? Yeah, absolutely. Especially right now um, during COVID and there's a lot more screen time. So I'm finding it really difficult for my brain to just shut mm -hmm. off at night. So I typically am a great sleeper for the most part. And I've had to start using um, more of a one-to-one -one in the evenings now before bed to get me through. Otherwise, I'm up all night. Sorry, what was that? A one-to-one -one what? You just cut out a little bit there? A one-to-one -one CBD THC blend um, that I take in the evening before bed and just to get me through the evening so I sleep all night. Great. So, um, Kim, when we had mm -hmm. our event, I know a lot of people uh, contacted Ramona and I later, like, who was she? How do I get a hold of her? Because you had some really great information that you shared that I think was really surprising for a lot of women in the room who mm -hmm. hadn't either thought about cannabis in terms of perimenopause and hormone imbalance in this particular phase in our life, or just are, you know, um, put off the idea of cannabis altogether for the simple, maybe lack of understanding between of like THC versus CBD and, you know, afraid of overconsumption and getting high versus, mm -hmm. you know, enjoying these sort of body benefits of CBD. Mm -hmm. So do you think you could uh, just start us off a little bit with um, just a little background of, of why cannabis and, and CBD works so effectively with women going through this, this, um, this new phase, the perimenopause and beyond phase? Yeah. So, um, the, when I was there for that talk, I think my, my main point to make was that it's not that it's not just that like CBD helps with anxiety and so therefore use it to help with your symptoms and your stress or whatever. But it was more that, um, your female reproductive tract has so many receptors to accept cannabis, has a lot of cannabinoid receptors. Um, so that means that when you're using medical cannabis for your symptoms as you're going through this phase, you're tackling the receptors that are directly involved. 
and so that's something people don't know. It's you're not. It, it seems that you know you're just taking something that's used for everything, but you're actually targeting um, the core problem as well. Like I always say, and I'm sure you've heard me say a lot. I mean, of course, there needs to be more research of that. Like I couldn't tell you. Well, I can tell you you know, uh, some receptors, but I couldn't specifically tell you exactly how that path looks like, but we do know for a fact that it's there. So that's really important. And I think that's like a, a, a good uh, place to start understanding where it can help. Um, and then after that, another thing that I guess a lot of your, um, your members or the part of that community didn't know was like you said that um, you don't have to over consume you don't have to be so afraid of the side effects or getting too high um, going to a clinic doesn't have to be ours any clinic or any doctor who knows a lot about cannabis they can help you um, and guide you so that you don't um, that doesn't happen unless you want it to happen, in which case, yay, more fun for everybody. <laughs> and like, we don't judge. That's totally fine. Um, but if you are afraid, don't be. Um, this is the whole point of going to a clinic to get support, whether that be um, you know a lot about cannabis and you just want to have like a friend along the way um, or just to further um, further your knowledge some more or you don't know anything at all and therefore you definitely need some guidance. So right, a um, lot of room. I bet you have a lot of questions around uh, the difference between CBD and THC. Mm -hmm. Do you want to just give us a little quick breakdown for those who are watching yeah. who maybe don't really understand what that difference What that is? means. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so um, the cannabis plant produces um, molecules called cannabinoids. Um, so there's actually over 100 cannabinoids in existence that we know about. But the two main ones are cannabidiol, which is short, uh, which is long form of CBD, and um, the other form is THC. So we know about THC because it probably occurs um, most frequently in the greatest amount, um, and it is what causes the high. So it's kind of like the it's the fun part of cannabis. It's psychoactive. It does at a certain level, depending on the person, it can cause a high. Um, versus CBD um, was very fascinating to people because it's part of the cannabis plant, but it doesn't make you high. It's non psychoactive, and it has a lot of medicinal benefits. Um, so when people talk about medicinal cannabis, it's, it's always perceived that, okay, so CBD is the medicinal part. Like it's about more CBD, which it is. I mean, yes, it, it does provide a lot of benefits, but, um, medicinal cannabis is about finding the right balance between these cannabinoids and using it correctly, not necessarily just CBD. So um, that's what we refer to when we talk about CBD versus THC. So two you're going to hear the most about, but I'm thinking it may be in even a year or two, maybe more when you and I uh, sit down to talk again, I, maybe I'll be talking about CBN or CBG. Um, those are some of the up and coming cannabinoids that uh, I'm sure we're going to do a little bit more research on, hopefully. So up and coming as in you have a little bit of knowledge about them right now and you can already see how they will benefit um, people, people, women specifically, women north of 40, or can you talk Not about Not necessarily uh, for women's health, unfortunately, because we don't even know what it can do for like humankind. Um, 
Well, we uh, will do a little bit. So I, I know that a lot of uh, there are a few patients have come to us already asking for a licensed producer, which is a company that produces cannabis, um, a company that is producing CBG. I think that's the that was the third cannabinoid that I saw pop up on the medicinal market um, looking for CBG oil. Um, and it's said that CBG is good for anxiety. Oh. Um, but I think a lot of licensed producers aren't are now more focused on just producing cannabis in general. Yeah. So there isn't a lot of energy being put into that because it's iffy. Like the research on that is very iffy. Um, I'm sure there'll be more and I'm sure we're going to find some new things, but that's what, it, that's the, that's the number one thing it's been said that it can do is, is help with, with that, with, um, with anxiety. I think there was some talk, somebody came saying that they thought CBN had something to do with cancer. I might be completely wrong on that one, but as you can tell, it's, it's just, it's up in the it's air. And, but yeah, there was enough attention that LPs started to try these oils, but I don't think it's gained enough popularity for us to focus our attention on just yet, but hopefully in the future. So when women um, come to the clinic, like me and um, Ramona and our friends, what are the main, what are the main symptoms of perimenopause or just, you know, like even women who, you know, above 40 don't even realize they're going through perimenopause. What are some of the symptoms that you hear the most complaints about and how can cannabis um, help rectify that? Okay. Yeah. So actually if, if anyone's coming in because of perimenopause or menopause, it's because of hot flashes, nothing else. Um, they, it's like they come in and their, their, their number one complaint is hot flashes. So, uh, I've said it before, honestly, the success rate of that isn't like a hundred percent, um, similar to like arthritis or anything. Uh, but we do find that people get some relief and, and I think it has to do with, um, how the cannabinoids, how cannabinoids affect, um, your estrogen receptors. So I think that's why we are seeing some benefit, but again, it's, we're iffy on exactly why or how, but that is the general How do idea. they affect our estrogen receptors? I think it's that it, it, it acts as, um, like it acts almost like a replacement. So, okay. I shouldn't say it like that. It acts on the receptors positively. Um, and so when you go through menopause, if you're having severe symptoms, then your doctor will put you on hormonal replacement therapy, um, HRT. So what we suspect is cannabis acts like HRT, where it, 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 it um, affects, I'm not entirely sure if it acts directly on estrogen receptors. I believe it does see like CBD, especially not THC per se. Um, but also that the CB1 and CB2 receptors are tied into that same hormonal pathway. Um, I'm sure someone can correct me on that, but that is so far what I know. Um, anyway, so it's a, long story short, it's supposed to act like HRT, and that's why we think it does help with these symptoms. Um, but I, I'm hesitant on telling patients who are already on HRT to stop it. But we do see patients using cannabis as an adjunct to that. So it helps them with any hot flashes they still might have or, um, or sleep problems. Or it's the other way around. The second one that we get is sleeping issues. So a lot of uh, patients will come, a lot of women over 40 will come and say, you know what, I never had sleep problems and then suddenly now I do. <laughs> so here I am. Um, and then they'll, they'll slip in there that a lot of times they can't sleep because of their hot flashes. And then that's when I say like, you know, sometimes we can even help to tackle that alone. And then maybe 
in return, you'll get better sleep. So um, we see a lot of success with sleep for sure, like uh, using medical cannabis to help with sleep. Um, and then other, other, uh, other symptoms are mood regulation, generally anxiety, um, but that's a big one. And, but who knows what that can be related to, right? Like, yes, it could be, could be menopause. It really just could be life. It could just be living here. It could be anything. It could be right now COVID-19. So (laughs) we don't know. Um, and then also, uh, sexual dysfunction is another one that patients will come to us for. Um, funny enough, a lot of males come to us for that and it doesn't, it's not as good for male sexual dysfunction as it is for female sexual dysfunction. So don't put it off. Yeah. If you feel like that's something you can um, improve on for yourself, then yeah, like definitely come in for that because it could help. Okay. So on the sexual dysfunction, Mm -hmm. um, do you like the remedy or the prescription that you would give? Is it a, you know, we've heard Ramona and I've talked to so many people about great options out there, like lubricants and mm-hmm. um, you know oils, etc. And you know that you can use internally mm-hmm. um, that have THC and CBD mm-hmm. in them that really mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. Um, are you talking about that? Are you talking about uh, more of a like um, you know taking something orally? Orally. Thank yeah. you. See? Yes. Um, typically I'm talking, so on record, I'm talking about oral use because technically any other use has not yet been approved other than edibles or taking edible or oils or vaporizing it. Topical use. Yes, there are products out there, but, um, they're not yet said to be used topically, but you can, I mean, it's not we still have patients doing it. So there are two ways about it. I'm just looking to see if the one that I always talk about is actually available right now or not before I see Yeah, I'm sure you guys are having a real problem with inventory right now. (laughs) Um, Just for this specific oil, we have no issues with like inventory for like CBD or THD or a mix of both. There'll always be something out there. But this specific oil, which I think I talked about last time, which comes in every so often. That's Foria, um, right? Foria, yeah, which is not there. Near. Yeah. It went really quickly. So Foria, they said Foria was specifically um, created to be used as a lubricant for females. And so they, the company itself is based on this philosophy, which is awesome. Um, but obviously, I think they're having issues kind of um, bringing in product from there. It's in California um, into Canada. But they were able to bring in Foria oil because that was approved here in Canada. Um, but they do have suppositories and stuff too, but those are yet to be approved. Um, but yeah, for, but the thing with Foria is that it's still, uh, the carrier oil that's used is still an MCT coconut oil, which is used in all the other oral oils. So I'm not sure if it's because they've added anything or that it's thinner or easier to use as topical, but, um, it's really not much different, but the way that they marketed it, um, it definitely made it very popular for women. Um, but it worked. It definitely did. So that is one way. Um, Sorry, I think we're, Ramona, can you hear Ramona? Sorry, can you guys hear me? Yeah. I was just going to say, the, I think the difference is the level of THC in Foria is less than what, what would be allowed to be used orally. I believe no. I have used the product before. Okay. okay. Um, and um, how did you find? Uh, 
but it could have used a stronger dose of yeah. THC in it. It actually, it yeah, I think you're right. So I think it, I, from what I remember, it contained about 15 milligrams per ml of THC, which is about normal. I mean, like the red oil from Spectrum is like 26 milligrams per ml. So it contained THC. You're right. It actually might have, could have contained more really because like yeah. you're using it. Um, it looks like online they do have the CBD one, but that's in the U.S. In any case, um, the, we I recommend taking it orally and taking um, a mix of both because that THC really enhances the desire, but in smaller amounts. Any too much can really kind of just like put a <laughs> like put like put a piece of, yeah just <laughs> yeah. like stop that. The so opposite effect. It, the opposite effect exactly. Um, and then the CBD, um, like I said, I think it, it helps to enhance the feeling and it, both CBD and THC always work the best together. Um, so really take advantage of that synergistic effect. So I, I, I mentioned for you because it does pop up sometimes and it's a great company, but I also think that really any oil with that kind of mix a well done oil with um, making sure that it still has terpenes in it too. Um, we find helps just fine. Yeah. And I know that people are encouraged. I've done it myself mm -hmm. um, because I have a prescription for cannabis and mm -hmm. I actually have a prescription to grow cannabis if I choose to. Awesome. I, I did do an experiment last year and grew some and made my own lubricants with it. And that way you aren't limited to the amount of THC you mm -hmm. have in your own personal lubricant because I guess from what I understand with manufacturing there's certain guidelines that you have to follow yeah um, yeah so there are some guidelines there's also just a matter of see for the lubricant it's different because then my uh, what I'm about to say doesn't matter uh, but I do want to mention that your skin in general, it's said to have a lot of receptors for THC and CBD, but a lot of, for THC. So right. amping that up really helps to, to activate that. But um, the reason like the oral oils, um, this is totally off topic, but you don't want something that has so much THC per mil milligrams of THC per milliliter, because if you're using it orally, you have like a limited number of cannabinoid receptors. So if you fill them all, which they all filled very quickly, over time, if you keep using so much, your body starts to shut down those receptors. It's the way that all of our receptors work. It's our, our body's way of maintaining balance. Um, and then you're finding yourself wanting more and more and more, but you can't get the same effect. So people have to be careful with that one because they always try to get more and more THC and they say like, oh, I have to have like 200 milligrams at once. Like, no, you don't. You don't, yeah. but as a lubricant, you're totally right because um, it's also a small area, right? And mm -hmm. you're trying to get a lot into a small area and that's hard to do. So I think making your own lubricant is awesome. Like that's, yeah. that's awesome. I think we'll be hearing from Ramona's company next year. Yeah. <laughs> that's so exciting. Okay. There's a huge market for it. Oh no, she froze at the best part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I always freeze up at the best part. Um, <laughs> So one thing that we do get asked a lot, Kim, um, from people from our events and people in our circle is, um, 
when they haven't been introduced to cannabis, some of us, you know, may have dabbled in cannabis when it wasn't legal or in high school or whatever, but some haven't at all. And now they've reached their forties and they're interested for its therapeutic benefits, but there's fear around that because they don't know how much to use or how to use it. So can you talk a little bit about the different methods in which we can consume cannabis mm-hmm. and how how one would dose right. cannabis? Okay, so the number one fear or complaint that we get from a novice patient coming in or cannabis naive patient coming in is that they heard stories about someone eating a brownie and got like way too high and were high for like 18 hours and just like couldn't get it together or they themselves tried a gummy and they couldn't get together. It was the worst feeling they've ever had. So the, the, the first thing I always say is, okay, how you consume cannabis is very important, just like you had asked. So an edible is very different in how it affects you than a cannabis oil, typically from a licensed producer. Um, the cannabis oil, the way it's a, the cannabis is extracted, the cannabinoids are extracted, keeps um, maintains its consistency and molecular integrity. Um, and so, you whenever you dose, you are getting a consistent effect. So, if you dosed at let's even point one, which is so little, and um, you thought it worked, well, when you do it again, it's going to give you the same effects. Um, it's more controlled versus an edible is typically for fun. I'm a huge supporter of the edible movement or legalization 2.0 last year. That's awesome. Um, allows people to have more fun, more variety. That's great, but I wouldn't recommend it for medical use um, because the consistency in that dosing is very different. And when you cook cannabis, it acts different than when you extract it the way that people extract for oils. So they're not one and the same. Um, so I suggest, uh, the first way for someone who's new is to use an oil. You normally get a dropper or a syringe so that you can measure exactly how much you're using and to start at a very low dose, do that for a couple of days, let it build in your system and then increase it if you find you need to. So, um, that starting level and how you increase depends on the patient. Um, but that's like a general idea of how you want to start. Um, don't also, also don't shy away from inhaling it. A lot of people come and they're like, I only want oil and I don't even want to hear about smoking it. Um, so obviously as a clinic, we can't tell patients to roll a joint and smoke it. Nothing against it. It just, we can't be recommending that because it isn't necessarily considered safe. Um, it's also not always effective. You know, if you can, if you can vaporize and not a vape pen or a vaporizer, you usually see like the kids using these days. Um, you want, um, a dry herb vape where you can control the temperature. Um, so you get 100% of the cannabis plant and it's not gonna smell on you for hours after, it doesn't cling to anything. Um, that is actually a great way of using. Uh, people shy away from it, don't, because it allows you to test out strains, right? Like, because, you know, oils, they do, they can cost money and they come in large bottles. So you can try the dry version first, see if it even has an effect on you um, and it does the effects doesn't last as long, but you know right away. So vaporizing um, is a great way of using too. And, and even for cannabis naive patients, we always try to encourage them to at least open their mind to it. So yeah, I would agree. I think vaping for me, I feel the most comfortable with it because I've tried edibles before. Um, obviously, they're not, I agree with you, they're not good for therapeutic uses because they 
everybody metabolizes things differently. Yes. And for me, it could take me like three hours and then suddenly it like knocks your socks off. Yeah. <laughs> it's sudden. A vaporizer, sudden. you can just take as much as you need and be done yes. and know what the effects are right away. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So always encourage both. And depending on, of course, the, the patient, if you have COPD or not, I don't even care. Even if dry herbs are pretty safe, I, I usually don't recommend it, but yeah, uh, those are kind of the ways that we can use. And it sounds like a lot, but like I said, like we, we, you go into it, ease into it for sure. I take the gel tablets. Um, oh yeah. Those yeah. Through spectrum therapeutics. And um, because I take at night, um, CBD with THC, like 10 mm -hmm. milligrams. I take it about 20 minutes before bed and I make sure there's nothing between me and bedtime mm -hmm. because I do find with that, if I wait too long, um, it'll hit me and then my mind will go into overdrive and wire and I can't sleep. Whereas if I take it like 20 minutes, half an hour before bed, read a little bit and go to sleep, I am <laughs> out. I have a great sleep. Yeah. And I take it early enough in the night that I don't have any lingering effects in the morning. I know some people like with edibles complain about the next morning. Yes. Um, I'm not a big fan of the next morning feeling on edibles, but um, I don't find that with the gel tablets. Yep. Um, but again, I think you have to take them earlier on. In yeah. Morning. Like if you go to bed at 11 and take one and you want to be up early, you might get that sort of heady mm -hmm. feeling. The, the grogginess. Yeah. I always recommend about two hours before bed, assuming you are trying to get a full night's sleep versus like, I always use like the plane example, I guess not anymore, but <laughs> if you were supposed to get up at 4am for a flight, either take it very early or just don't like skip it that night um, because you still might feel the after effects. Um, gel, soft gels are awesome. They're great. They're easy to use. Um, the only setback with them for some of them is if there isn't a lower dose for you to try first. Um, sometimes they just come in the one dose that's is too high. Yeah. Like you, you, you actually might need less than that. Um, yeah. so that's why, uh, I say start with oils, but I myself, like at night I use the soft gels. It's so easy and it's yeah. like, you don't taste it and they're small actually. Yeah. Uh, so I really do like those soft gels for sure. Yeah. But you know, the, the mind it's it's good that you mentioned like going to bed and reading the mindset you're in when you're using cannabis makes all the difference um they say like set and setting is like the term they use um but yeah like if you were some people like take the soft job and then they're doing a million and one things and they say it doesn't work or they feel too high um you're supposed to practice good uh good sleep hygiene too which is like turn off electronics don't too much don't do too much exercise at night. Don't do like a full workout. Um, take a bath if you have to. Uh, those kinds of things help to enhance like how the cannabis affects you when you're trying to go to bed. So that's important too. Keep your family and kids away from you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no distractions, no stress. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think um, like anxiety is a fairly common symptom of perimenopause and menopause for sure. Um, so it is like I have found that just taking the CBD during the day and CBD with THC at night has helped control my anxiety. I noticed, and I'm sure Ramona, you too, like our anxiety's kind of gone up recently. Mm -hmm. Not sure why. Um, so having having something to help sort of level it out really it helps with functioning, right? And tolerance, yeah. especially mm -hmm. when you're homeschooling, like you need to be able to tolerate 
a lot more now than you yeah. used to. And when you're like, when I'm feeling like particularly anxious in the morning, like I have a lot to do and I'm trying to fit in the home school and I'm just whatever, a little bit off my rocker. Um, if I don't take CBD, um, my tablets in the morning, I, I find I'm worse. Like I'm less able to like calm down. I'm less able to be patient. Mm-hmm. I feel easily overwhelmed. Um, but one thing uh, I found interesting when I went to Apollo, because I had been taking CBD oil um, from the gray market, I believe. And uh, one thing I found, I think I learned either when I was at the clinic or you had mentioned this during our, our um, event, CBD has a cycle, right? Like I think people think you take it once in the morning and it's good for 12 hours, but it has, um, what a six hour. Any, any of the soft gels, the oils will have some sort of a limit depending on you though. Um, it depends on your metabolism. So it can last anywhere from four hours, which is like the rare cases up to 12, which is also equally rare, but I think the average sits around six to eight ish. Um, and the time it hits also um, changes because of metabolism. I actually have a, a, a an more uh, older lady that saw us and, uh, and her metabolism was slower as, as with age, like your metabolism slows down. And I, I couldn't understand why like cannabis wasn't working. I think it by uh, she said she just kept waking up in the middle of the night. She was still waking up in the middle of the night. So I think after some time, we figured out that it actually was hitting her four hours later. Oh. Because we found that it was, oh, like it's like the same time that it happens. And then she she's able to like more or less fall asleep and she's fine. And we, we figured it out. And obviously she just had to take it at like at dinner time. So, it hit her yeah. time so she could yeah. go to bed and it worked. But it took like that was extreme like we don't four hours is a long time for it to hit I mean for me it's half an hour um more an hour now uh so it just depends on the person yeah I think so and just quickly um is there anything you would tell and I know people when they come to Apollo or anywhere they want to go and get a prescription Mm -hmm. um they should also check like if they're on other if they're already on HRT or an antidepressant or mm-hmm. anything else they yeah. really should be transparent about that because yes it can have some negative effects so many involved. so many interactions more than i ever thought um yeah. so yeah uh cannabis has a cbd especially does interact with a lot of medications not to scare anybody off but yeah. we we'll, there's always an alternative so it's totally even fine vitamins do right so yeah exactly so um so there are interactions but a lot most of the time it's very minimal it's just something to be aware of and depends on the dose of what you're taking so that's why like a doctor is important especially if you have any kind of medication list just so we can make sure a do we need to replace any of these meds or can we start to schedule it so that they're not taken at the same time or actually you know what it's okay let's just take them at the same time or whatever, watch out for side effects and go from there. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a few out there, but we usually are able to tackle them. So, um, I'm wondering, some of our viewers also have experienced the stigma around cannabis. Mm -hmm. And even though it is legal, they're worried about using it because there's still this underlying stigma with a lot of people in their life. Um, What would you say to them? Well, honestly, at this point, um, (laughs) 
I think I've told somebody before, I said, I promise you, if you ask like maybe five neighbors down one way and then five down that way, I'm, I'm sure at least like three or four are, are already using it. It's actually a surprise to a lot of people and to myself um, that there's a societal, a societal stigma, but if you were to actually speak to individual people, everyone's kind of formed like a pretty lax opinion on it because of legalization. And it's because of these people that to start with, it's, I mean, just ask yourself, why is it legalized? I mean, Canada isn't like a very, it's a great country, but we're not like the most loosey goosey. We're not known to be loosey goosey. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're known to be very um, yeah. political and we, we know we do things by the book and we, we're not ones to just like let loose all the time. We're not known for that. So, you know, we make informed decisions. And so why do you think this is a thing? Right. Um, Another thing I will tell them is cannabis medically has been legal for over 20 years. There is a reason for that too, right? You don't use, you don't make medical anything legal unless there's a reason. So um, this fight has been fought a long time ago. It's not new. uh, And there's a reason for that. And then if I really have to, I'll tell them the story of, you know, how the stigma started. It's a great story. You know, we've been using cannabis. Um, okay, I'm not, I'm not talking about like the past 20 years in ACPMR. I'm talking about like the, before the 1940s when cannabis was used as medical treatment, like normal, like it was fine. Nobody thought anything of it. Um, but because you can use the cannabis or specifically the hemp plant for so many things, a lot of these different industries that hemp was kind of encroaching on started to lobby against and this is where um, the government or these lobbyists did a fantastic job. They did their job <laughs> of creating the stigma against cannabis, making it out to be like um, this devilish plant and very bad for you. Um, so it was created and not that long ago. So I normally like to tell them the story to try to help. And then the last ditch is obviously tell them, listen, like it's a medication. It's not this. This one won't get you high you're using it as an oil. It's as far away as possible from what you're seeing in your head. Um, but I normally, I don't have over the recent years, I haven't had to like go down that line of stories and tidbits. Um, it's surprising how many people already know about it or already okay with it. Don't really care for the stigma. It's, it's not really, it's I really haven't experienced that anymore as much as I used to. So I think That's a big great. thing is people understanding, once they understand the difference between THC and CBD, yeah, exactly. and understand that CBD is really just like a vitamin and THC is the fun part of cannabis. Exactly. That exactly. right there breaks down the stigma quickly. Very quickly. And, I, and then as a clinic, I always try to break down like stigmas people have about um, people who work in cannabis too. It's just that I you know, we're all different kinds of people. First of all, if you walk in, I, I don't know, Jackie, if you would remember, but like, or Ramona walking into our clinic, like there's different people. It's like, we're all from different walks of life. Um, you have me who like never used in college, but then you have someone who just uses like every day. And, um, we all work pretty well together. We all share the same kind of goal. Um, and we're also not trying to, you know, get you to sit there and smoke if, and we have nothing against it, but that's not what we're trying to get you to do yeah. either. Right. Um, and we, we take it seriously. So people like in, in popular culture, they like to make fun of people who say like, Oh, I'm using medicinally. And they often use that as like a joke in movies all the time. Um, but, but you know what? Like we don't, um, 
we take these things seriously. Like if you are not a candidate, you are not a candidate and we will tell you, you know, we're not giving out prescriptions to everyone. We do say no a lot of the times and we do, um, and we do, uh, we do say no, we do recognize when it is a problem for somebody and we're always honest about that. Um, and we're not trying to get you to walk out with product either. If you decide it's not for you, it's not for you. It's right. fine. So yeah. So, so those are some of the tactics we use to, to make sure people feel very comfortable. Yeah, I would recommend anyone who's listening to this and interested in exploring cannabis as an, you know, as an option for perimenopause, they should visit the Apollo Cannabis Clinic because I think one of the things like, that we find really helpful is, sure, we know it's an option, we've heard about it, mm-hmm. but you go in, you, do, you, know, you, you have your sort of, you go through that triage, you meet with a doctor, but then you spend the greater portion of your visit with an educator. Mm-hmm. And that's where you really understand, you know, how it works for you and, and is it right for you? And mm-hmm. like, I, I, like, I found that so helpful. So I highly encourage anyone who's watching this and interested to go through that process. Well, thanks for saying that about us. <laughs> no, it's, it's absolutely true because I don't think, you know, especially if you're a novice user, you don't want to go down the street and go into a shop and buy something and use it on your own without knowing what the true benefits are. And, and both Jack and I have used cannabis for years and recognized the benefits and have educated ourselves and had wonderful educators to teach us those things. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have people like you on our show, because we want people to understand the benefit of cannabis, that it's not this big, scary thing, mm-hmm. and, and that there's a way to use it safely. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to go out and try it. <laughs> it's honestly, it's, it's so cool. It's not, there's nothing like it on this planet because it's like you can use it as medicine, but you can also treat it like wine right? Absolutely. Cannabis strain smells different, tastes different, does different things. So like the more you're comfortable you become with it, the more fun it can be. So like medicine is important for you. Like it's, it's so cool. There's nothing like it. Yeah. That was really informative, Kim. And I, um, you know, we will be following up with a Q and a, and we will, um, we will let you guys know when that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kim will join us for that Facebook live. We can ask some questions. Um, so think about any questions you might have for Kim or head over to the Apollo cannabis clinic and, uh, do a little one-on-one, you know, appointment and, and find out if it's right for you. Yes. And of course our appointments now are either remote or by phone because making it even easier. Yeah. Because of the current situation. So that's where we're at. Uh, All right. Thank you, Kim. Thank you so much. much. And um, yeah, we will, we'll also stay in touch with you when you find out more in the next year or two about CBG. Yeah. You know what? It came up and and we were pretty excited about it and then they took it away. So I think it just wasn't enough interest or maybe the results weren't great just yet. Maybe not research yet. Yeah. So hopefully they do more research on it because I think uh, it'll add to it, right? Like it'd be pretty cool to just have more than these two things here. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot to that plant and we're only just starting, right? Exactly. Exactly. So I think it'd be pretty cool. Kim, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, and we'll see you on our Facebook Live for some great Q&A. Yep, I'll see y'all then. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you.